with this offense, when I saw the Celtics score 155, oh. I thought of Tommy Heinsohn. Uh, Tommy smiling from above. Well, you know, let me say that the night, uh, the afternoon of September, of the February 28th, 1927, uh, I think it was 1959, when they scored 173 points in, in the, uh, the then record. Tommy led all scorers with 43 points. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> there you go, Tommy, of course. Ryan Goodman and Tangway podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNX Media Network. Bob Ryan is so nice, we're going to bring him to you twice a week right here on CLNX Media. Gary Tangway, Bob Ryan. Uh, of course, you can check us out on our other weekly podcast with our buddy Jeff Goodman, but because he has a real job and he's so busy, <laughs> Bob and I are doing another one um, without Jeff. And it is sponsored by FanDuel the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Networks. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Bob, got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. At the time of this recording, it is Saturday morning. Friday night was the first of this in-season tournament. Yes. Okay, we got a lot to talk about here. I want to talk about that, the quality of the games we saw Friday night, also the offensive explosion. If people don't understand, I'm going to try to keep it simple. The in-season tournament, basically through November into December, you have pools. Once the pools have been decided based on Friday night games, then you're going to have a final four that'll be played in Vegas. There you have it. Bob, mm -hmm. Friday night, uh, what did you like? Did you think there was anything special because of this in-season tournament? Or are people just like to score the ball now? I have been skeptical from the minute I heard about it. Why do we need it? I said to myself. I understand. I mean, what we're being told by Adam Silver and, and those who adhere who, and his adherents, uh, this is it works so well in Europe in world soccer. Works so well in Europe. Works so well in South. And and this is a, a direct steal from uh, the European and worldwide soccer world, where concurrent things go on all the time, where where they have their leagues, but meanwhile, you know, in your people that a lot of people in America don't know, you know, there's. You've got the, the each individual country's got their leagues. Then you have the UEFA UF, championship, and in England, you just treble. You you have you have the uh, Premiership, which is the number one major league soccer league in, in England. You have the FA Cup, in which all divisions, there's you know second division, third division, they all can play in the same tournament. So the first division team could play a third division team. Third division team could win that tournament and in, in, annually. And then you've got the European Championships, the uh, the Champions League. Okay, so that's all going on at the same time. Well, we have we don't do that as a rule. We have our leagues all play internally. Period. Go for the championships. Blah, blah. Okay, so now we've got an in-season tournament. People are playing for trophy and money. You'll get paid to win this thing. And and now these guys, five hundred thousand for like you know Steph Curry isn't going to change his life. But it's still money, Bob. You know as well as I do. Yeah, right. Still but, money. But whoever is the twelfth guy on on you know the, on the the team is going to be happy, you know? So anyway, um, I, I was skeptical. And, and I was listening to some of the uh, good things. It's, it's a way to keep people's interest um, in a time of the year when, for example, college football is peaking its interest because of the impending playoffs and who's going to be in and out and whatever remaining games are left in, in, in the month of November and, and into the first week in December, blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and it's your chance to compete for attention with the, with that because college football does have an awful lot of adherence in America. Lord. Okay, fine. I'm going, are you kidding me? That's my reaction. Okay, I, I, who cares? It's, I don't see, I don't need 
additional stimulation. I am right. one who has always valued and treasured the regular season. I covered too many of them. I I, I saw, you know, you, because when you go to an arena, it's any sport. You don't know what's going to break out. That's why sport's great. That's why sports is not, quote, entertainment. It's not scripted. You don't know when you're going to walk in and see a record-breaking performance or a game you're never going to forget. It could be on January 8th between uh, the Thunder and and uh, the, the Bulls. You don't know. I, I, so I'm happy, but people probably need us additional stimulus. Okay, off the soapbox. Based on what we saw last night and what I've been reading about with people's reaction to what we saw last night, Adam Silver may have done the right thing. Uh, the, 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 there's among the other notable games, um, the Warriors 125. Uh, excuse me, the Warriors 141, Oklahoma City 139. Right. One at the buzzer. One at the buzzer by by Curry. And by the way, uh, here's what. How about this? All eight periods. In other words, four periods of the Warriors and four periods of the Thunder had 30 points or more. Right. <laughs> so you're right, scoring. Uh, but Draymond Green was slobbering about what a wonderful night it was. Now that's interesting. He's been around the block once or twice, and 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 it was he said it was playoff tension. All right, maybe they're going to get what they want. Well, I mean, Bob, uh, let's, just to interject quickly though, but you know, yeah. you and I have been around. I certainly I am I don't have the experience you have, but we've been around players. It's you know, it's the regular season. It's November. It's December. You know, they're like, all right, you know, they're kind of. I'm with you. I don't need it. But it gives Jerry Mon Green something to play for. That's awesome because I understand how mundane the regular season can be for a player. You know, so I just wanted to interject that in. Yeah. I think no, no, you're right. I, I um if if it's and another good game, Portland 115, Memphis 113 overtime. Right. Uh and and um oh by the way, yeah, oh, we'll get to our boy Robert Waves third in a minute. But anyway, um uh you know, that was game and another good game. It wasn't overtime, but um the two stars were uh, at their best. Denver 125, Dallas 114. And Jokic had a triple double, 33-14-9, two for two on threes. And Doncic kind of trip had a, didn't have a triple double. He was settled for 34-10 and 8. He was six for eleven on threes. Uh they they put on the show. Um now have so be able to understand for the month of November, every Tuesday and Friday will be in-season tournament games. You were, and you're playing a round robin. There are six clusters of five, and that's the way it works. And from that, we'll emerge the teams who will get to the, to the you know, the, the, the and we bought, we've already borrowed the phrase from Europe, the knockout stage. <laughs> we are going to, in America, have our first experience with the knockout stage. <laughs> well, Bob, this is what I think is cool because I, I've been to Vegas. I mean, I'm not a gambler, but I've been to Vegas to cover fights. Me too. And sports in Vegas, I think, is cool. We all understand the wagering. I mean, look, it's all one. It's all one big happy family now. But like having a final four in Vegas in December is cool. It's cool. Vegas is the new capital of American sport. It We've is. Got, it's cool. They've gone from no professional teams to where they're soon going to have three because the A's are more than likely going to be. Yeah. And we're going to. Um, you know, college college tournaments there. Uh, boxing's always been there, but uh, uh, pe- people love Vegas. Oh, see, oh, they've taken over summer basketball. Oh, no doubt. At every level, I mean, from the youth level, from the oh, the, hey, are you up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, and, and the off season, the NBA plays there. Um, so anyway, Vegas, you're right. Vegas is the hot spot. It is the hot spot. 
Yes. So December 7th is the championship game. Mark, and circle it on your calendar, folks. If you, uh, Larry, Larry Bird will be, uh, let's see, he'll be 60. Uh, sixty-seven years of age on on December seventh. So, so there you go. So, hey, look, if people love it, you and I don't need it. They love it. Hey, it's all good. No, I'm fine, good. but I was skeptical. But if people, you know, once again, it's not the first time that I'm out of step with the with the uh, the general population. You know, so uh, that's fine. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets. With any winning $5 money bet, that's 150 bucks. if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call... 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, uh, let's get to the Celtics real quick because um, yeah. one of the things I saw that I forgot, we talked about on our previous podcast with Jeff, the 155 they put up, uh, but this week, but also defensively, they have not let up. They're top five in offense and defense. And you and I both know, even with Marcus here, the problem that they had is they stopped playing defense. That doesn't seem to be the case right now. Well, they're off of a good start that way. That, that I think that Joe has been preaching it. I think we, if we remember, go back to two to two years ago, not last year, when right. they when they had that great run at the second half of the year. It was built on defense. Sure. They were a defensive team. Now, of course, they had Smart to, to anchor it there in those days, and they had Robert Williams. Uh, now they're both gone. But um, we know that Jason has matured into a good defensive, can be a good defensive player. Brown has always been had the capability of being a good defensive player. We know White will apply himself. Giroux Holiday is a superior defensive player, a mainstay on the all-defensive team. And Porzingis is much more of an asset on defense than we ever knew. Than we ever it can be, and we ever knew, and 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 so they have a very good opportunity opportunity here to to uh, to be a, a very good defensive team. So yeah, it's it's now early sampling. We only played four games, but uh, but still, that that no no question they they have this capability, and and uh, well, interesting to see if they if they maintain the, their intensity during the season. Well, the reason they won the championship with Pierce Garnett and Ray back in in 07 is they play defense i mean that's the first time ever we ever saw paul pierce and ray allen play defense right well they were inspired by you know who yeah I mean, garnett when you go back and analyze that team you know it's it the 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 spiritual guidance of that team the the emotional center of that team the driving force the the the, the guy who cracked the eternal whip was kevin garnett Kevin Garnett brought his special brand of intensity to that, and oh, and, yeah. and the, the other guys plugged in with him, and they had that spectacular season. And and uh, it was. And by the way, um, as going and since you alluded to that season, uh, Doc is on record as saying that he has never seen an NBA team in his entire experience that played as hard every night as that team did. And and I looked it up, and and this is this is really startling. And I wrote this based on you know what the evidence was at the time. I looked it up. Um, 
they played 62, 100, and, I mean, excuse me, they played, you know, 182 games that season. Right. There was only one game out of 82 that they weren't in for a substantial period of time. They were, they were blown out at home by my, by uh, Miami, I think in, in the one night, other than that, they were, they had a chance to win 81 games. And I, and I've seen a lot of basketball since 1969 in this league. And I've never been a team that could make that statement. Anyway, that's how hard they, well, play. no, I think, well, I think he's right. I mean, you and I were both there for every game. We were there for the comeback in Los Angeles. Yes. I mean, that comeback in Los Angeles is one of the greatest comebacks. I would say I would equate it. It wasn't. I would equate it to the Patriots against Atlanta in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, oh, based on who they were playing and what the stakes sure. were, and where no they question. were. Yeah, no question. On the road against the Lakers in in, in Game Four, and and uh, you know you don't want to go down and lose, and 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 they get brought back, and absolutely, it was a, it was a wonderful night. Okay, now does the NBA have a new star on its hands in oh, Wembenyama? Well. Will he be taking? The keys to the car from LeBron. Wembyana is the most anticipated new player to enter the NBA since LeBron James twenty years ago, and, and we've we've been said this. We, we've been you know, the setup has been here for over a year that this new marvelous thing is coming. Uh, it, it, he is special. There isn't much doubt. Now he his coming out was pretty early. Game four of his career the other night, in which uh, uh, he they're ta- they're tied with like a couple of minutes to go and he scores the last 10 points for them, or, or at least outscores the opposition wins the game. He had 38 points. He did it every which way he does it with, with the transition. He does it with alley-oops. He does it with a three point shot when it was big in that game. Um, he alters shots on defense. Uh, he's going to be an amazing force. And, and of course, how lucky is he to be, have a coach that he's got and have the support that he's going to have. I mean, there's going to be a, a, an unpaid mentor that we always help me out named Duncan, you know, that's going to be around and that, and um, he, you know, they're not going to, I don't know how many games they're going to win, but we know their appointment TV. We know that they, that they've got, I believe scheduled 13 national games for a team that was a, you know, a crap team last year because of him and no no other reason. So no, he's special. Now I'm going to tell you, I want to give you a little perspective on, on um, how special and in terms of, I just happen to have Gary, my, my, uh, day-by-day book from the 1979-80 season. Just uh, happened to have it. Just happened, I just to, happened have it. to have that. <laughs> uh, see, in those days, you didn't have the the statistic-keeping availability that, that as, right. exists today. You, you couldn't just go up and punch up everybody's, you know, last night's game or, or all the cards. You had to keep your day-to-day book on the team every day after right. every game. Every and I've got here minutes, field goal, field goals attempted, three point free throws attempted, rebounds, assists, personal fouls, steals, turnovers, and points for every player. And I've got all kinds of team stats. I did this for the entire time that I covered the team. Okay. Larry Bird was a rookie in 1979-80. Because Larry Bird turned 23 on December 7th, 1979, whereas Rubiana is 19 years old now. That's a whole other world that we live in now. Right. But Larry Bird's first game, he had 14, he played 28 minutes. How about that? Fitch only played him 28 minutes, 14 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, 0 for one on threes, um, you know, which is that world then. Okay. He doesn't, in his fourth game, as opposed to Wimbiana's fourth game, all right, they played Washington. He played 22 minutes. He had five personal fouls, six for 14, 0 on threes, nine rebounds, four assists, 12 points. That's Larry Bird's fourth game. So he had, 
14 games into his career, he had his first and only triple-double of the season. How about that? 23 points, 19 rebounds, 10 assists against the Pistons on November 14th, game 14. So um, a little bit different uh, start than than, than uh, now. He went on to be rookie of the year. And in, in that uh, season, uh, he had 20 points 46 times, 30 points 11 times, and 40 points twice with that one lone triple-double. Um, now, Abrambiana hasn't had a triple-double yet, but you know they're coming. They're coming. Uh, he's special. It's I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to watch him play. I always think of Fred Lynn with this when it comes <laughs> to MVP Rookie of the Year talk. You know, Yes. Bob, my memory's terrible. I mean, has that ever happened in the NBA? Yes, Wes Hunsell. Oh. 1968-69. Really? Hunsell? Yeah, Wes Hunsell was the Rookie of the Year. They they uh, had a spectacular regular season, and then they got swept in the playoffs. That <laughs> they they bombed out in the playoffs. He was the Rookie of the Year and MVP in 1968-69. Now I got to check on Wilt if Wilt 59-60. Um, I have to. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I I'm not sure about Wilt. Well, I mean, I, I know just about think Unsel. it's you know it's so hard to do. Of course it is. I mean, but I mean, LeBron. I mean, you would think if somebody, you would think LeBron. Yeah, well, the, the competition that you have in this league, even going back 70 years, is stiff. You know, go back 70 years, there were eight teams and, and there were 10 on the team. The 80 best players in the world were in the NBA. Oh, right. Now, as in those days. Now, of course, it's 30, 30 times times uh, 12, 360 plus bench. You know, anyway, um, yeah, I, I, but Wes Unsold had a spectacular rookie season, yes. I, I have fat fingers here on my phone. All right. Maybe, maybe I'll get it. If, um, if, if Wilt 59, well, so let, well, let's talk about Wembyama then. So is this guy going to get votes? Uh, well, I don't know. It, 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 it remains to be Wilt seen. Wilt Chamberlain, you're right. Hang on. Uh, he was named MVP. I was thinking around what you name. 59, 60, 60. The only other rookie to have won NBA MVP award is Wes Unsell. You're right. So it's Wilt at 59, 60, and it's Wes at 68, 69. So we haven't had one in 50. So does this kid get votes? Well, I don't know. It's like, hey, I it's, mean, Bob, I mean, I know what's yeah, I mean, what we haven't got Thanksgiving yet. That's that's fine. But he's got, you know, you know, there was question before the season about, uh, you know, he, he wasn't even a unanimous choice of predictions to be rookie of the year yet. You know, so we'll see how how it all plays out. Uh, but it's it's it looks like the hype was real. It, I mean, when you go out and do what he did in that fourth game of his career, you know, again, uh, then uh, I think you, you, we, we can be pretty certain that the hype was was for real. So, um, and, and he's just got a lot to learn. I mean, and, and he will, he's apparently, you know, this kid, I, you know, the, I mean, you, I say you, I mean, people yeah. understand the backstory. This kid has been groomed for this life, truly, as much as any non-American right. has ever, ever been. From the time he was 12 or 13, he was recognized that he was a basketball prodigy. He knows that where you want to play is the United States of America in the National Basketball Association, not in Spain, not in Italy, not in Germany. You know, you want to play in America. He started prepping himself in terms in terms of how to live here by by mastering the language, the English language. He, he speaks excellent, English, not just passable English, excellent English. Well, I mean, that's the different His world. Yeah. He was preparing himself to live in America. Right. When he was 13 years old. That tells you what this kid's about. Whoa. Come on. Well, that also tells you of the world we live in today when kids are prepared for sports and people look at sports. And now I don't think it's going to be out of the question that maybe you have a rookie of the year and an MVP, you know, in, in the NBA sometime. Kids are playing at 19 years old. 
kids are playing in professional leagues overseas. I mean, it's a different world. Oh, Before, God. like, I'm, I, I, I didn't think it had ever happened. You mentioned Ansel and Will. Um, you know, and for Ansel to get it, my God, it must have been. I mean, maybe, I, I, you know, Ansel was underrated. I think it was a down year when I think of West. Well, but, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always been a huge Ansel fan. Oh, I know you have. My first time I ever saw Wes Unseld playing against Boston College in the NIT, and and we beat them in triple overtime, but only because he fouled out in the third overtime. Where did he play again? Five points and twenty six rebounds. And, and where was he? At at Louisville in the NIT in nineteen sixty six, and uh, we beat we did beat them in that third overtime on a layup by the late Ed Hockenberry, but uh, which some people may know as the longtime coach at Norwich. Uh, yes, uh, and uh, and a really wonderful guy. But anyway, this is the young unsold sophomore because those days you didn't have freshman eligibility. He was a sophomore. He was six six plus afro, and he only weighed only weighed about two thirty five or two forty, and 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 he had lift. He was a, an astonishing player. Those by the time he retired from the NBA, he may have been pushing three bills. He was big. I know he was a big dude. Greatest line of that. Dave Kaberski once said, "Wes Unsold." You you set a he sets a pick and it takes you twenty four seconds to run around it. <laughs> so that was Wes Unsel. Um What a, Brunson had a big night. He had like five. So, forty five I mean, points on Friday night for, for his poor Taylor. kid. You know, if Wemby could, I mean, obviously Pop's not going to let this happen. But I mean, if Wemby Yama was in New York with Brunson, holy cow! Well, he's going to be the focal point of whatever team he's ever going to be on naturally, and he's scoring now, but. Uh, uh, I mean, this love Brunson. We root for Brunson, even though he's a neck. Yeah, well, not only not, but you know, he's his uh, his father is one of us. He's from I know. Home. So you know, yeah, you know, question. We always knew we knew Daddy. So he was a bench. Isn't he? A, he's assistant coach in that team, isn't he? I think he is. With he the might be, I have to check. Yeah, I think he is. But but uh, oh no, he's well. I'm I'm a huge you know big Brunson guy, and and but but. And I, if you go back to what we, the dialogue we had last year, I said, oh, I applaud, I wanted him on my team, I, but I thought they overpaid for him. I thought they paid him as a star, right. but he's really just an auxiliary player. Turns out I was wrong, happily. He turned out to be a terrific player and, a, and, a, and an all-star level player. And then, and then on a Friday night, he drops 45 uh, for the Knicks. So, um, you know. You know we have, a, one of the things I like about the NBA now is we talk about all these different teams. I mean, we haven't even, you know, we haven't even got to the Suns yet. No, and we will get to the Suns as their as their roles are changing. But you know the Suns, the Warriors, of Denver. Oh uh, God! Then you come here to the East. I mean, you wonder what's going to happen with the big man in Philly. You talk about Brunson. There really isn't that one superstar. I mean, right now I think the best player is in Denver. Right now he may be in Boston. We'll see. But Wembenyama seems to me to be the first candidate to be. When I say this. I mean, from a marketing image perspective, mm-hmm. he seems to be the next LeBron Jordan, where he's oh. on the masthead of the league. I think that's that's the destiny now for him. Yes, I, remember he's nineteen years old. Right, but is the league better? Do we need that guy, Bob? You can. You, know, you never have enough glamour players. No, of course that. Yeah, you can meet him. It. It's what's interesting is the fact that we're now on a run of five years in a row where the most valuable player was not born in the United States of America. Amazing. And and the, here comes the next great thing is is what that was not born in the United States of America, which which um, tells you you know how in the, much the game of basketball has bloomed in, in the world, all due ultimately to 
the dream team and Boris Stankovic's vision, the, the late Boris Stankovic, everything he dreamed about is coming true. And if, if he, I wish he had been alive to see this happen with these MVPs being European or non-American players. And because this is what he, this is why he pushed to get the Americans involved and, and have the, in, in, in the Olympics. And, and you see what's happened. 125 players from international players on NBA rosters this season. And, and the game's better for it, Bob. Damn, it's, the game is better for it. The you game know, is uh, better for it. And and so, you know, it's the, 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 the pushes on in America keep pace. It's like, you know, we talk about the Olympic team and, and look what happened. We didn't win, you know, we didn't win the world championship. We had a mediocre, uh, we had a B, a B team. We didn't have any quality big man play. You know, and who, by the way, who's going to be that big man? That uh, it's we're we're now and we were we are now begging a naturalized citizen named Joel Embiid to choose between us and France to play in the in, in the Olympics and in, in Paris next to Satayon Anne. Well, also, I think Bob, um, while I'm as patriotic and, and certainly we are all very patriotic, I don't think that there's any animosity in the league. I think that you know we've become. I mean, we're we're a melting pot, anyways. I mean, let's what America, you know, we're a melting pot. So while we have these MVPs over, I think the fans love them just as much. Oh, well, uh, yeah. When you're on your team, I mean, obviously, if you're a Buck fan, how can you not worship Antetokounmpo? What's right. he do wrong? He doesn't do anything wrong. Plays the game beautifully and and, and is a, is absolutely no, no low maintenance off the off the court. Uh, Jokic, uh, you know, Jokic, same thing. Plays beautifully. It's low maintenance. I mean, they don't even want any publicity. Um, you know, Embiid, and he's a character. Embiid, you know, he's a Twitter, uh, an ex guy, excuse me. You know, he's an ex guy. Uh, he, he likes to engage in, in repartee with. He likes to. He likes to have fun. You know, good, good. There are different personalities. Uh, but absolutely, uh, I'm sure in Philadelphia, he's he's a, an extremely popular player, and he should be. And so, yeah, great. Bob, I think that'll do it. Uh, we will be talking to Jeff Goodman again next week. Bob and I will be back again next week. And I hope the offense keeps up. Well, I like offense. And, you know, I I, we, I lived through it. We all lived through a period of dark eight, ice, eight, ice age in the NBA 20-some years ago when, when I used to say that there were too many coaches who were happier when they didn't have the ball than when they did. And and uh, you know, I blame the Pistons. I blame days, the Pistons. Well, we'll talk about that. I, I blame... Well, we can blame a lot of people, but uh, <laughs> Chuck Daly, the funny you say that during the uh, Knicks um, Rockets final, which was a sludge fest, awful, ugly, 1994, uh, uh, just terrible. Nobody scored 100 ever, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. And Chuck was uh, uh, doing color for somebody and he's at the practice. He's saying, don't blame me. <laughs> so you know. I do. <laughs> I do. But it worked for him. Hey, he got a couple of titles on it. All right. A couple of titles out of it. He worked for him with this offense. When I saw the Celtics score 155, oh. I thought of Tommy Heinsohn. Uh Tommy oh. smiling from above. Well, you know, let me say that the night, uh, the afternoon of September of February 28, 1927, uh, I think it was 1959, when they scored 173 points in, in the, the then record. Tommy led all scorers with 43 points. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> there you go, Tommy. Of course, Bob. Great stuff. We'll talk to you again soon.